All right, welcome to another Weekend No Show. My name is JG. I'm here with my boy CL Smooth. What's really going on, man? What's good, homie? Glad to be here. Okay, and I'm here with the Insidious, L.A.T. How you doing? What's up, fellas? Yeah, guys, as, as everyone knows, we don't work on weekends. But today I want to talk about the, the work culture. And I think, Smooth, you were the one who was saying, man, you, you remember that movie Office Space? And then we all kind of just, we started talking about that. And I watched it again. And uh, it, it's so, um, it's uncanny how relevant it still is to today's <laughs> climate. So, Smooth, I mean, you kind of brought this up. Uh, you know, why don't you lead us into this statement? Yeah, so a little background for folks uh, who may not have uh, seen Office Space or not familiar with it or just don't really remember the movie. This was back in the late 90s, a movie came out. Uh, Mike Judge, I think, was the was the writer. And um, just, just a, a real funny comedy about the, um, I don't know any other way to say it, the meaninglessness of, of work life, cubicle life. Sure. And kind of a, an interesting note is that uh, I think that same year, I, I don't know if it was, I think it might have been 99, that same year that Office Space came out, um, Fight Club, uh, The Matrix, and American Beauty, um, right. the three, three other movies that came out, and they all kind of dealt with that cubicle life, the, um, the kind of meaningless kind of feeling that people had at that time about the type of lives they were living, right? You know, kind of trapped in the office space so yeah, thought be, I, I didn't think of that but that's true. that's true yeah yeah interesting to to kind of revisit that um so background of the, the main character uh peter he's you know this uh this youngish dude i would say like uh mid to late 20s you know in it working in this office and this dude is running reports and doing things and he's got like nine different bosses and so if he messes up on one thing then he's got like nine different people coming to him, like, "Hey, man, you know, you know about that TPS report, man?" He's like, TPS. Yeah, you know, <laughs> those six other bosses already told me about it. You know what I mean? So, you know, just kind of the frustrations of of that office life and office culture, and you have the oh yeah, you have the lady. I don't know if you if you caught that, Jay. The the lady that comes through, and you know, uh, two of the characters are kind of complaining about their day and stuff like that. And she comes through, and she's like, "Oh, it looks like someone's got the case of the money." Case of the Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah those, those bs kind of kind of corporate phrases and nonsense talk that goes on you know in those kind of settings so um anyway the, the gist of it is is this dude is kind of stuck in his life right he's he's unhappy in his relationship he's unhappy with life he's unhappy with his job he, he hates his job he hates his relationship but he's afraid to lose his job he's afraid to lose his girlfriend he's but he's not happy with anything and uh, what ultimately happens is uh, he goes to some hypnotherapist who who hypnotizes him, knocks him out so that he just doesn't care anymore. Right. And 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 by by releasing, by letting go of his expectations, the world's expectations, his boss's expectations, he just kind of like everything gets in a groove. He's like in the flow. You know, he might show up to work. He might not show up to work, but things just start working out for him there. So that's kind of the background. Uh, of, of the story, um, which that was a know, mistake, I, though, right? If, if in the movie that wasn't supposed to happen. So, well, no, I, well, no. I, I think what's so, odd is that we don't know what really would have happened. You know, to the we we saw what happened to the hypnotist, 
<laughs> well, yeah, the hip the hypnotist like had a heart attack. Yeah, the heart <laughs> attack. Session. Yeah, and and so I think you know the whole point with the, what the hypnotist was doing was trying to put him over to relax him because like uh, the the character Peter was like, man, ev every day is the worst day of my life. So right. he's like, all right, let me help you with this. And he starts putting them deeper and deeper under, letting go, release, relax, you know, let go of the things that aren't important type of thing. But before the hypnotist can bring him back, right, to, to consciousness, he keels over and dies of a heart attack. He, yes. <laughs> so he never, really, he never really comes out of the hypnosis, but it has a positive effect in terms of how he deals with the rest of his life. Like he, he kind of... Exactly. He, he takes it so much easier that he, he ends up getting promoted at work. Um, he finds a new girlfriend. Well, actually, he gets the courage um, because he just doesn't give a fuck, you know, uh, to, to talk to this girl that he's always liked. And uh, he starts dating her. I mean, he breaks up with the other girl first um, or she breaks up with him, whatever. Uh, but things just start to, to go pretty well for him there by letting go. And I just th think that was a, an interesting commentary on society that still applies today that Sometimes we try so hard to live these lives, particularly if you're plugged into social media, it looks like everybody is famous. Everybody's making money. Everyone's a supermodel, right? Because we're all plugged into social media. Everyone's showing their best, you know, their best side, so to speak. And so that creates pressure for society to like, damn, you know, JG and Vel, they live in that life, man. What the hell am I doing? You know, where the reality is, you know, not that, not that many people are really, really living the lives that they portray. No, I, I live in that life, man. You were right about that. <laughs> but anyway, I'll, 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 that's, that's kind of the background on the show. If you guys want to jump in with, with your thoughts and, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, LAT, man. What, what about you? What do you think about it? I, I didn't really like the movie that much. I thought it, I, I thought it rung a little hollow. Uh, oh, really? It, okay. Yeah. I, as someone who, you know, not not all of them, but the majority of my jobs have been office jobs. And yes, you know, every job you go to, there are there's there's just work in general, not necessarily just office jobs, but just jobs in general. Even working at the bar, I get annoyed by people's uh personalities and and their need for attention or their their need to sort of show that they're in charge and shit like that. So I don't know if it rung that true for me. Uh, in terms of office work, I just think that uh, I think that that hell is other people, no matter what you do for me. And for that reason, also, I'm not a big fan of Mike Judge. I know, I, I know Mike Judge, and I know his work. And I don't know; he's always struck me as sort of a white boy's auteur. And for that, I, I kind of go into his I go into his pieces with a little bit of you know. I go okay. into a little bit of bias already. So uh, I did enjoy it, but I also didn't think that he said anything terribly profound. I mean, what is office space if not the office, if not friends, if not any other office space or school base for that matter? Isn't that, I haven't even seen it, but I imagine that's what Abbott Elementary is, just a bunch of weird personalities that have to be, that are stuck together and they have to figure out how to, how to work it out and do their jobs. Uh, okay. community was the same so for those reasons I you know I do remember enjoying it but I also don't think I don't remember thinking it was terribly good okay see that strikes me as odd because I mean it's such a cult classic and not that 
you know, someone can't like it. It's just, it's always strikes me as odd. You're the first person I've heard say that they were underwhelmed. Normally when you bring up office space, people who have seen it are like, oh yeah, man, remember this part and that part, and you get into it. And then we brought it up with you and then you're like, ah, whatever. As the kids would say, uh, mid, huh? (laughs) And the other thing is I went into it having heard you know, and I want to say it was mostly my white friends, but a lot of my friends were saying that this was the greatest movie. So I went in there with very high expectations. So okay. and then when you know, I saw the, I saw you know, I saw the, you know, the Monday scene. I saw the scene where they, you know, beat up the printer or whatever the hell that is. They, you know, yeah, destroy. Uh, so I, I saw, yeah, I saw all the iconic, and you know, shoot me for using the term iconic, but uh, I, I saw all the iconic scenes. And, you know, maybe because I had heard people quote them so often that by the time I got, by the time I saw them, they, they didn't seem that, you know, uh, it didn't seem that fresh to me. So, so yeah, but I did go in there having heard people tell me it was the greatest movie ever for years. Yeah, I've said, I, ne- I never heard that. I never heard people saying it was the greatest. No, I never, I never heard that either. But, but um, I mean, I had a lot of people coming at me like, man, this you know, office space, yeah, office space, man. And so you came to understand that people really love this. But yeah, no, that's interesting. Yeah. That's pretty interesting to me. But as a counterpoint, as a counterpoint, because because smooth, you kind of came in one way. Uh, uh, you know, LAT, you came another way. Smooth, what do you what do you have to say to what he just said? Well, yeah, that's like what I was saying is that um, this is not a movie. So I, I guess I'm. I'm not that familiar with Mike Judge. I get. I, I guess if you tell me other things that he's done, I, I prob, probably Silicon Valley, Beavis and Butthead. Oh, okay, there, there you go. Um, he, he, so yeah, I mean, he's he's probably more geared towards a like a white, you know, white male audience. You know, I would I would kind of agree with with that. This is not a this is not a movie that like you're gonna be rolling over laughing and you know that that's what at least at least the brothers are not right, but um, for, for the most part, but it is, it is humorous in the sense of like, yeah, you know, that shit is true <laughs> type of thing. You know what I mean? Um, like you can kind of, if, if you've worked in those kind of corporate settings, um, really, and like, like Bell said, any of those workspace settings, you, you can recognize at least, you know, shades of, of some of that type of behavior and stuff like that. The only thing I would say is that, um, you know, I agree with Bell. It's, it's, you're going to have the dynamic of, of dealing with other people and people dealing with you, no matter where you are. Um, but for me, what resonates is the question I ask in so many of those corporate settings is like, okay, but what? Why are we doing this? You know, what's what's the purpose of this? You know, like well, that's I mean, your first mistake. <laughs> well, right, that's that's my first mistake. Um, but you know what I'm saying? That, that that's why it res- that, that's why I like the movie, and I think it's. It's it's actually deeper than 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 uh, value g- given credit uh, to it because um, even though it's simplistic, I think it gets to the point, which is, you know, there there is no really deep reason why we're all doing these corporate jobs, you know, and and that's okay. Like you can get you can get pleasure and get meaning out of doing simply simple things, right? Um, it, it it doesn't it, it doesn't really matter what. It is if it's meaningful to you, but I think there's a lot of work that most people are doing in the world that is not meaningful to them. The only damn reason that they're there is for a paycheck, and they're barely hanging on for that. You know what I'm saying? And so, 
I think I just think it was interesting that by that visualization of him letting go and releasing the like, you know, all this shit ain't that ain't really that important. Let me focus on what's important. You know, my friends, um, my relationships outside of here. Um, now they did try to rob the place, so <laughs> we got to talk about that. I don't know how we set up that in the midst of it, but I, I think it was a good movie. I wouldn't call it great. I'm certainly I certainly wasn't rolling over, you know, dying laughing, but I did think it was humorous and and uh, an interesting commentary on on the times. So that that guess that'd be my my view on it. Okay, I mean, yeah, I I thought that. Um... I mean, I thought it was a great movie. I, I always liked Mike Judd stuff. Uh, Silicon Valley, I, I love that. And I really thought that he, he had a knack for really pointing things out without... Was... Oh, you didn't know that was him? No. <laughs> Damn it, no, I like something he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, Actually, um, you know, hey, hey, Jay, what's interesting is if we think of if we think of that movie Office Space and some of those messages in relation to, to today, right? Because um, after the pandemic and you had the, what, what they call like the great resignation, um, you know, a bunch of people lost their jobs and then other people quit their jobs. Um, and now a lot of people are not going back to their jobs, you know? And so um, I know we're going to talk in future episodes about AI and, you know, um, automation and things like that and, and the impact that that's going to have on um, not just blue collar work, which is what everyone thinks about, you know, robots and car factories, but like, you know, doc, um, lawyers and, and other types of, um, um, you know, highly paid uh, professions that, that you wouldn't think would be automated are, are, are going to be seeing some of that. So I think that all, all that ties together with, you know, how people feel at work and then what's, what's going to be the, the nature of our society when um, maybe there isn't as much work available, even though even though we don't want it, you know, what do we do then? So I think all those things tie together. Oh, I'm, I'm there right now. Because the majority of what I did back when I was doing my, my last corporate gig, it was a lot of repetitive emails, a lot of repetitive phone calls. And if AI can just as easily dial those numbers and, you know, and, and read a script. I didn't have an actual script, but there was an unofficial script that I used when I was talking to these clients and right. AI could absolutely do that. If people don't, and I knew a lot of my clients, they, they did not want to talk to people. And so it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that whole, that whole kind of, you know, cookie cutter corporate culture, because, you know, unfortunately, fortunately for those of us that didn't like it, but unfortunately for those who liked it, if the pandemic didn't teach us anything, it taught us that, wow, what we do isn't that fucking special. Right. <laughs> you know, a machine could probably do it. So, yeah, I'm curious. A lot of us weren't essential as it came to be known. And, like, look at what they did. That's one thing that we need to look at. What were they doing? They were adjusting code for Y2K. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting. I was like, I forgot that's what his job was. And that's one of the things that you can look at it two ways. You can look at it as, wow, what a hoax. Or you can look at it as, this was a job well done. Because very little happened. And I tend to think it was a job well done. because I, I well, knew Tell, tell people about Y2K, because a lot of okay. folks listening probably don't even know about that. They, they may not remember, but, but okay, the turn of the century, um, 
we came to find out that the original coders who coded the, pretty much the infrastructure of society, the banking, the roads, you know, the, the traffic signs, they shortened the code when they would get to, um, you know, the year 2000. They, they shortened the years to double digits. So every year was 88, 89, 90. So then when they would get to the year 2000, the computer, instead of flipping the first two numbers to 2000 to 20, to two zero, it would leave those numbers alone and flip the end back to zero zero, which would take us back to 1900. And for applications, a lot of applications that relied on having a correct date, this would then break those applications. And so um, there became a mad scramble to fix this in the code. And I always thought it was odd that the computer industry messed up by truncating this, this stuff. And then all of a sudden it became Y2K. I'm like, you guys just did it again. But um, the, the, the point was people were expecting planes to fall out of the sky and, and you know, cars to just crash and everything to just stop working. But it didn't. It, there was only a very few hiccups. And they were, but they were dragging some of these guys out of retirement who, who, uh, understood COBOL, Pascal, those old languages that things were coded in back in the day. So that's what they did. What were they called? Inatech? Was that it? Inatech? Inatech, yeah. Inatech, that's where they were. So that's what he did. What, what struck me about the movie was, was, um, I thought it was just so dead on at the very beginning. He's trying to get to work. He's fighting traffic to get somewhere he doesn't want to go, somewhere he doesn't want to be. And it's like, wow, that just is, is incredible. And especially like the, again, to bring to say iconic scene where he's trying to get out of there before Lundberg can tell him to come in on Sunday. And right. he just can't get out of there. But actually he could have. As I'm watching it, I'm like, it was his misguided sense of the corporate loyalty, I guess. He could have just hit that button and been out the door. But to him, it was important that he wait there and, and finish that progress bar. He didn't have to wait there. And I thought, man, you could have been out the door, dude. And um, some other things I, I thought was, was um, yeah, when he said, my dream of doing nothing I did absolutely nothing, and it was everything I thought it could be. <laughs> I think people who work in some of those days, people are like, man, I just I went here and I went here and I went here. It's like, no, dude, I'm just gonna go home and I'm not gonna do nothing. So I think it was something that a lot of people could empathize with, could could really you know see themselves in that situation of just doing nothing. But more like today, I was really struck by how it really dovetails with the whole anti-work movement. If you go on Reddit, the Reddit anti, anti-work, a lot of it, it just goes hand in hand. It's like, this could have been, this movie could have been made by them. It just shows you how ridiculous it is. And you're, you're wasting your time to, to essentially do some useless task. And uh, I just thought, man, this movie it's, it, it could be updated for today. I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be updated, but it works on so many levels. But you know, uh, JG is one of the things I think about is that th- there was a time, right, in, in old history where people 
you know, it wasn't so much going to school, but they, they would apprentice with someone, right? Um, you know, I guess a corollary today would be like learning how to be a plumber or an electrician or, you know, contractor, handyman, whatever, um, by, by actually doing the work and learning from, from you know, more experienced expert people. Um, and the benefit of that was, was getting a, a level of, of proficiency beyond just book knowledge, right? We got a lot of people in the world who are book smart, who haven't really experienced anything, you know, but they, they talk about things like they, they've actually been through it um, versus people who've done a lot of hands-on, actually experienced and had to adjust to different situations, you know, professionally and whatnot. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's a big difference, but there's also a freedom that comes with learning a profession, learning a skill, a trade. It doesn't have to just be trade, but something that, that, um, has the ability to, to help you to become free financially, owning your time, all those types of things. And that's why, that's why I, I do as, as much as there's criticism for social media that's warranted. Um, one of the things I really do appreciate about it is that it has opened up a world so that people can be individual content creators, you know, and folks may not, you know, some folks are making a lot of money off that. Most folks are not, but it, there's that opportunity is there, the avenue, the possibility of be, more people becoming free through being creative on their, you know, through their own work um, is greater than ever. And hopefully that will increase in the future. And I think that'll help to free people um, of some of the, the drudgery and, you know, you know, that, that, that term corporate slavery, man, that, that has been going on forever. You know, um, if, if you've ever been in sales, which I've, which I've done, you know, for a number of years, uh, you know, you, you, you working extremely hard to sell a product or a service for a company, you get a commission on it. Um, you rarely feel like, damn, I really, <laughs> I got my money's worth in terms of what I contributed, you know, to the company. And, they can easily let you go if they haven't hit their, their numbers for the quarter. And, and, you know, if that AI chat bot starts popping, then that they might be making <laughs> phone calls instead of you. You know, yeah. so that's why I like this kind of this avenue for, for, for freedom that people have where they can control their own income, whether it's content creation or, or, you know, a trade or something else um, that they have more um, uh, kind of control over. So I think that's, that's a, a, a good thing. So I, to me, again, that, that kind of, is the underlying message with office space. It's not, it's not that, you know, corporate work is evil or bad because you can, you can learn some stuff um, that you can take and, and utilize on your own in the future. Uh, but for the most part, what it's become is you are a cog in the machine. You know, your, your, your job is, you know, is not as broad where you're using broad-based, you know, skills and intelligence and things like that. You've got a real, like they were, they were like you said, um, trying to fix y2k code um i'm sure they did other things but it sure didn't seem like it you know what i'm saying it's like they had a very specified function just like a, a wheel in a machine has a specified function and so for human beings that's not that's not ever going to be fulfilling you know what i mean it's just it's right. just going to be a job so yeah so this this is probably a separate subject but i don't know if 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 technology is is the great uh equal equalizer that that it used to be because what's happening well my own well the audience doesn't know but you guys certainly know my own technical woes have been rearing their head lately and it just it just in terms of sort of using uh ai or uh social media etc as a as a means of uh freeing yourself from the corporate drudgery 
But the thing is, you have to have the tech, you have to have the latest software, you have to have the most up-to-date uh, equipment, and that shit is expensive. And that's going to create a whole nother sort of social a gap, a technology gap that we that you know that we found out about during the pandemic that we already knew about, but it, it became worse when people you know had to use uh, computers to you know oh, just yeah. to get their groceries, et cetera. And yeah. uh, so I'm concerned about I'm concerned about you know sort of AI, social media, and sort of things getting mechanized that that's going to create a huger uh, wealth gap. Because not everybody has the technology. And even those of us that do have it, we don't have the up-to-date shit that costs, you know, thousands of dollars in order to put ourselves at that level where, you know, where we can where we can use tech to make money. So that's that's one of my concerns. I'm not I'm not just being contrary, even though I do enjoy being contrary to you, Clint. But I do <laughs> think about that. No, it's true because technology there's, there's a planned obsolescence in it, isn't there? Where where you have an Apple device, and suddenly they tell you, hey, uh, Zoom and Dropbox and Google Drive no longer will be supported on this operating system. And then what? Okay, I'll just upgrade the operating system. But you can't because Apple has decided that the next operating system will not run on this machine. Now you have no choice but to get new hardware. And like you said, it's not cheap. And there's, there's a barrier... There's a there's a cost of uh, entry to these things where yes, it's not always easy to just start a YouTube channel. I'm just going to start a podcast, start a YouTube channel. Well, can you afford the startup cost of those things? And not not everyone can. Well, hopefully, you know, the the means of startup will become cheaper over time. You know, that that's what typically happens. But, you know, that's certainly right in the early stages, you know, um, unless you have the means, there's a, there's a whole swath of people who uh, are, are, are going to miss out on that early opportunity. Um, and who knows, man? I mean, um, this is kind of in, in your, your guys neck of the woods. Uh, um, with with the whole like uh, computer generated artwork and stuff like that, I mean, I, I, I can see all that. Um, increasing and, and pushing people out more, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to actually, you know, I don't want to uh, overstep future episodes. I know we're going to talk about, but, but um, I think it just proves the point that this, that this movie, Office Space, while it's very simple on its, um, on on its foundation, um, you know, it's, you know, I wouldn't call it a, a brilliant movie. Um, it was funny. It was entertaining. I thought it had some good, insightful moments, and it certainly, I mean, you see from the conversation, made us think. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of issues uh, embedded within that movie that are still revel- relevant. You know, more than more than 20 years later. So, yeah, and consider the what what he's kind of going for is how meaningless the, that that corporate life was. And if we look at recently in the news, we have Bernie Sanders saying he wants to move to that four day work week. And yeah. to me, and keep and keep the the salaries, all the the wages, salaries the same. The, the pay the same so that you get the same amount. And he's even saying, hey, with automation, with AI, do we really need to be there 40 hours a week? We're kind of just holding on to this uh, arbitrary time limit because that's what, the way it always has been. And I, I feel like, again, this movie was kind of right there on this stuff. Like, hey, 
people need to be happy and that's going to give us our most productive society when its citizens are happy and they can be productive and you know, give them a day off, man, give them another day off. I mean, looking at his, uh, that article that I was reading, it's a New Zealand company, I believe that does these programs for six months, um, in the UK, the U S and, and all over the world where they can get in, where they, they go to the four week, a four day work week. And they said the article claims that none, none of them went back afterwards because the morale went up, the pr- productivity went up, and even the the resignations went down a little bit, which the article says is huge because we're in the middle of the great resignation. And uh, I just think it's like, wow, if people feel better, they're willing to put in more work. And like like Peter says in there, like in, and you even brought that up too, where where he's got eight eight or nine bosses. He gets a ton of crap if he does something wrong. If he puts in more time to, to send out more stuff, he doesn't see an extra dime. So his only real motivation is the fear of not being fired. But that's only going to make you work so hard as to not get fired. But if you feel like there's a, there's a reason for it, if you feel like you're being treated well and your, your whole life isn't just this meaningless drudgery, then people are more productive. It seems to me, it seems like it's a no-brainer, but I know there's a lot of entrenched resistance to four-day work week and, and the whole anti-work movement in general. Listen, let me just put this out there for the audience. Uh, my name's Lavelle Tyler. I have uh, Microsoft Office skills. And, uh, <laughs> I gladly come to your office. <laughs> it's hard on the boulevard. <laughs> you, you heard it here, folks. I'll do five days up to a point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get, get in that work, man. See, people—they're going to leave it there. That you're going to pick it up, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, just, I, just I think will quickly clap for quickly clap for you all day. You got to pay me. It just becomes a question of like, you know, like what what would it take for everyone to have the opportunity to have, you know, decent housing, uh, you know, food on the table, medical care, you know what I'm saying? Some some of the basics, you know, that you need in, in a modern civilization. Um, and I'm not talking about welfare or handouts or anything like that. I'm just talking about structuring things in a way that um, maybe maybe the, the profits flow um, a little faster uh, and distribute it a little wider in in the in the global economy um, because because people you know politicians come into office um, all the time and they're always talking about yeah we need to create jobs and I'm like motherfucker people don't want jobs man people want freedom they want freedom so if it's four days a week cool I mean we we could do that but you, the thing is it, it's got to tie together man if it's four days a week cool we'll we'll we'll, we'll bust the ass for four days. We'll do what needs to be done. But look, I'm not working until I'm 70, 75. You know what I'm saying? Like that doesn't make sense. There's a whole, all these things are tied together by this thread that um, that keeps people oh, captured. Be careful what you say. You know, they aren't they already in the midst of uh, pushing up the uh, retirement age two years or something? I yeah, I think, already, I think they've already done that, didn't they? Oh, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. 
That's that's my so, point. People don't yeah, want to work. So long. Yeah. People want to be free, man. 75, 75 ain't that far away. <laughs> oh, no. No, I didn't know that. Oh, man. I'm tired of working now. We're talking about we're black men. We're black men. None of us are going to make it to 75. Come on. <laughs> oh, well, I guess there's that light at the end of the tunnel. But, but, but guys, <laughs> on, on, on that note, we're, we're getting to the end of our work day. So we're, we're going to have to finish. Jokes on him. I'm not going to live that long. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to live to the end of this episode. So Speaking of which, where's my paycheck, man? Where's my paycheck for this no show? Uh, about that, uh, I think I hear somebody calling me. So I think it's time for us to get on out of here. You guys got to go to, like, you know the old thing. You, you don't got to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. So that's going to be the end of this weekend no show. <laughs> that's going to be the end of this one, guys. Um, please uh, like and share and subscribe if, if you uh, like this show. We appreciate it. And uh, we're going to see you guys on the next weekend no show. All right, fellas. Peace. Peace.